Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you listening right now. Thanks to every single one of you. Pele Glendale, Dr. X17, Adam Green, and Mark Olson. On this episode of DTNS, Unity backtracks on developer fees, but how far? We don't know yet. iOS 17 is here, and it means apps can read you the weather in your own voice. Do you want that? Plus, Chris Mancini talks about how crowdfunding has changed over the years. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, September 18th, 2023 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. Deep in the heart of Texas, I'm Justin Robert Young. I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. And joining us, writer, podcaster, Chris Mancini. Welcome back to Daily Tech News Show, Chris. Thanks. Great to be here. You know, never run out of tech things to talk about, apparently. No, every time There's I think we're going to something be, new. Yeah, every time I think we're going to cancel the show, we just yeah. need more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns out. I, that is one of the weird things of doing this show for almost 10 years now, is that I, ne- I always have more things than I can fit in a show that I want to talk about. And you you think that I would have gotten more jaded than that by now. Yeah. <laughs> nope. You're Not- just another earnings report. <laughs> yep. Bring it on. <laughs> no earnings reports today, though, folks. No. Let's find out what is in the quick hits. Intel continues to grow its business as a foundry that will make chips for anybody. You can pay them, they'll make a chip for you. And in pursuit of that goal, it's promoting its development of glass as a substrate for chips. Now, glass is brittle. It's a little harder to work with, but Intel thinks they've figured it out. And the benefit is that glass can tolerate higher temperatures, resist warping, and allow for some more precise lithography. You can put more chiplets on it without the instability of silicon. That gives you some more flexibility in design. Intel says its glass substrate can increase interconnect density by 10 with higher yields. The glass substrate announcement comes with a side of ramping up on packaging of chips at U.S. foundries. That's something TSMC has had trouble with. It still sends its chips from its Arizona plants to Taiwan for packaging. Amazon will hold a device and services event Wednesday, September 20th at its campus near Washington, D.C., it will not be streamed. So this is strictly for attending press. Bloomberg notes that it will also be Amazon executive Dave Limp's sign-off. As Amazon continues to cut development money from products like the Echo, Limp told employees last month that he will be leaving the company before the end of the year, 
And we think we know who's going to replace him, Tom. Yeah, we do. Uh, there's lot, actually lots of Microsoft news uh, to throw your way the, today. But the big one is that Chief Product Officer and Windows lead Panos Panay announced he's leaving Microsoft three days before this Thursday's September 21st Microsoft Hardware and AI event. So we have Amazon on the 20th. We have Microsoft on the 21st. Microsoft told The Verge that Panay will not appear at that event, despite Panay posting last month that he was excited to be there. Youssef Mehdi will take over Windows and Surface. And Bloomberg reports that Panay is headed to Amazon to take over its smart device division from Limp. So, you know, echoes and speakers and displays and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very curious if we'll see Panay at Amazon's uh, September 20th event. Uh, like what, I said, there's what, some... what was the oh, I was going to yeah, say, go what ahead, was Chris. the pitch there? It's like, what was the pitch there? We're going to gut this department now. Come in and run it. <laughs> yeah, we gutted it. Limps out. Yeah. Uh, but hey, <laughs> maybe you can do something with what's left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, in other Microsoft news, researchers at security company Wiz notified Microsoft June 22nd that a shared access signature token, an SAS token for a GitHub repository was overly permissive. Uh, it turns out uh, with a little, <laughs> a little persuasion, you can get it to do whatever you want, uh, include expose internal data. Microsoft revoked the token June 24th. No customer data was exposed. This is a good news story of security company finds vulnerability, gets it patched before it gets exploited. And internal emails continue to be revealed as part of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission's appeal of Microsoft's win in its bid to acquire Activision Blizzard. Among those tidbits, Microsoft has unsurprisingly been working on streaming PC games through Xbox Cloud. It only does Xbox games now. Activision executives met last December with Nintendo to discuss the next version of the Nintendo Switch. And uh, there's a lot of stories uh, showing you all the emails about how Microsoft reacted to the PS5 announcement, if you want to see those. Twitter Alternative T2 has renamed itself Pebble. The company is now using the Icelandic top-level domain .is, which lets it change T2 usernames to the format of pebble.is slash username. And it's using a bit of generative AI to help you write posts, offering suggestions based on what you've posted about before, info on your bio, and who to follow. Pebble is not letting me sign up because every time I tried to create a username, it would redirect me back to login. Pebble Uh, is a real pain. (laughs) It was today. Uh, In 2020, during lockdowns, Google added support for Zoom and its own Google Meet video conferencing service to the Nest Hub Max smart display. Now it's taken both those away. Support for Google Meet on the Nest Hub Max will end September 28th and support for Zoom will end on September 30th. Now, in... Somewhat related news, Apple TV got its new OS today, and Apple TV 4K now supports FaceTime, and later this year will support WebEx and Zoom. So you can stop using your Nest Hub Max and start using an Apple TV if you want. Uh, That Mm. uses the iPhone or iPad as a camera. And that's fun. Yeah, it is fun. That's exactly what it is. All right. It is fair to say that Unity has taken a firestorm of... I'd call it hate from developers <laughs> after announcing last Tuesday that it would change how it charges developers to account for each time a game is installed. 
First, Unity clarified that it would only charge for initial installs. Charities would be exempt and demos wouldn't count. Unity also said subscription services would be required to pay the fee, not developers, in cases of things like Xbox Game Pass. However, the company is now backtracking more. Unity posted on X, We have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst the runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community, customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. Now, Engadget captured a representative post about the feelings of developers written by the Falconer dev Tomas Sala on X, quote, put years and years of work into my pipeline. I did so under a simple per seat license. I am happy to pay. Now, while I'm close to release, they spring something new on me. Not a price increase, but a fundamental change in how we do business together. I have no options. I can't go back. I can only bend and pay up. So, Tom, where are we at here? Yeah. Uh, the apology reads at first a little like, we're sorry you got mad. Uh, but it does yeah. say they're going to make changes. Doesn't say what those changes are going to be. Sounds like what devs would like is a change back to the per seat policy. And I think at this point they'd understand an increase in that. But obviously what Unity looked at was we need to make more money, uh, you know, and that's that's not unusual. I, I don't think devs uh, are upset at Unity for needing to to make up some losses right now in this economy. Uh, it's just the way they fundamentally changed the terms of the deal uh, and and it angered people. Uh, but Unity seems to think that, or at least thought that just increasing the per seat license or lowering the qualification or something wasn't enough uh, to make this work. I'm very curious what they come up with later this week, because short of that, short of just going back to the old policy at a higher price, I'm not sure anything they do is going to make developers less angry. Well, every yeah. developer, I mean, I mean, every company has one of those apology letters kind of as like a boilerplate yeah, right. when something kind of happens. They literally sound exactly the same from every single, especially the tech companies. So and it always you're right. It starts off with like, we're sorry you got mad. <laughs> Not that we did anything wrong, you know, yeah. but we're sorry you got mad. But yeah, I mean, you got developers that are halfway into something and then you're going to change the rules. I can see why people aren't happy. Yeah, there are two things that I think are are really at play here that lead to the reaction that we've seen. Number one, it's not just raising revenue. It's who this revenue is going to disproportionately affect. And it is really at the heart of indie games for which use the Unity engine disproportionately because it's a good engine. The second part of this is what Chris just mentioned. There is a timeline for putting out something that needs to be at an increasing level of quality or uh, polish in, in indie games. It's a very saturated market where you have a lot of brilliant people that are putting their heart and soul into these items. And if at a late stage, if not having it already out, all of a sudden the entire uh, calculations that you've done for a business model are flipped up on its head – well, then then you're going to have a problem. As for solutions, I, I think that if you were going to make a change like this, this is a, I mean, I would almost say 
at least six months, if not maybe years of, of a runway for people to understand that this change is coming. Yeah. I think that the, the biggest problem really isn't the change to me. It's the, it's the fact that they didn't bring developers on board to it because the unity terms up until now have been very generous. When unity first announced the like you can use it for free up to I think it's a million uh, downloads and then you had, you had to start to pay the per seat license. It was considered to be a big boon. It was very developer friendly and it's always easy to be generous in the good times. But then yes. the good times go away. <laughs> Uh, it's always difficult because the good times go away for for everybody at the same time. And so you need to do extra work to bring developers along. It feels to me like Unity was a little impatient and was like, well, we need to do this now. Uh, well, there, there's, there, there's two ways that you can do it, right? You can try to include all the stakeholders and let it be a slow motion train wreck, or you hope to rip off the Band-Aid yeah. and hope that it's a very loud but fast train wreck. And it turns out mm-hmm. they got both. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Way to thread the needle. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 the CEOs of Unity and, Al- and Reddit are going to be uh, having some nice drinks together soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, lots of Apple news today. Morgan Stanley says its research indicates iPhone 15 pre-orders are stronger than expected, though the long lead times are partially attributable to supply constraints. But, but it's mostly good news. Uh, the price of repairing the back glass for the iPhone 15 Pro has gone down. It'll be $169 for the Pro and $199 for the Pro Max. That's quite a bit less than it is for the 14, where it's $499 for the Pro and $549 for the Pro Max. Tim Cook told CBS this morning that he watched an entire season of Ted Lasso on an Apple Vision Pro, and that's what all the headlines of that conversation were about. Uh, (laughs) Apple Vision Pro, of course, the headset coming out next year. Uh, Cook says mm-hmm. he uses it every day, which I imagine he does because he has to. It's his product. Yeah, it's kind of his job, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the most relevant news to iPhone users, though, is the release of iOS 17. It is out now. I just finished installing it. It comes with improved autocorrect, virtual call screening, which, yes, Google Pixel users, users, I know you've had this for years. It is cool. Uh, another thing you've had is interactive home screen widgets. iOS users get that now, too. Standby mode can turn your phone into a smart display. And there's an accessibility feature that can clone your voice. So you could train it on recordings of your voice and provide your voice in case that you have lost your voice. It could be used by anybody, though. And it's being used by the weather app Carrot, Uh, If you don't know, Carrot offers you description settings. You can have it give the normal boring weather descriptions, or you can set levels of snarkiness up to one that they're like, you know, basically on the edge of offensive descriptions of the weather. Uh, (laughs) And Carrot in this new version will be able to read the weather to you in your own voice. So let me get this straight. You could this app will not only tell you the weather in your own voice, but you could make it a snarkier version of yourself telling you the weather. I mean, it depends on how snarky you are, if it's snarkier. Yeah. But yes, yes, that's the idea. <laughs> it's called overkill personality. Carrot will sometimes make creative use of profanity in her forecasts. Hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously this doesn't sound like a waste of time at all. So. <laughs> yeah, Carrot is a fun app. It actually got me thinking, though, about the idea of voices, because we spent a lot of time talking about the iconic voices of Siri and the uh, uh, Amazon Echo's voice. But it makes me wonder, is the future of us talking to computers us talking to ourselves? And is that 
going to be less friction or more friction in terms of you processing that you're talking to a computer? I It's a great question. I mean, I, I just assumed everything was going to sound like how, you know, at one point. But, you know, we were way beyond that now. I They also do celebrity voices on Carrot. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what more people would opt for because I don't know that most of us want to hear ourselves uh you know the the old cliche is like oh i hate the sound of my own voice uh although a lot of people do love the sound of their own voice so maybe this will be perfect for them but (laughs) yeah speak for yourself dork (laughs) i think i think a lot of people will try this it's a great press release for carrot to get people to talk about it but and the target demo is probably podcasters yes exactly (laughs) All the hundred percent of podcasters will use this, but most sane people will actually just switch it to, you know, Julia Roberts or something. Yeah. But but, uh, why? I mean, uh, I think when, when people say that they don't like hearing their own voice, it wraps into a lot of things about public speaking and being embarrassed and uh, having people judge you. But this is not that if you're, and, and I'm imagining a world where my own voice replaces Siri, for example, if that creates less of a friction in my own brain, because it feels like I'm literally just having a conversation with myself in my own head, which I do often, then maybe it makes it more uh, uh, frictionless for me to get more done. And ultimately, that's the goal of all of these systems. I hadn't thought about the conversation in your own head. I was going with the like, you don't normally speak to yourself out <laughs> I guess people do talk to themselves out loud, but you know, when you're, when you want to talk to something else, you want it to sound different, to distinguish it from yourself. <laughs> this is all, when I say these things out loud, they all, they all sound like uh, very psychologically fraught. Well, they are. And, and <laughs> I do think that, that this is a very, very interesting question because a lot of those assumptions are made in a world before we had the technology oh, yeah. to accurately replicate our own voice. So let's mm-hmm. imagine that it's, you know, not only your own voice, but maybe your your voice, but calmer. Maybe it's your voice, but more confident. Like all these things that we can do with uh, a machine learning, and and I'm assuming that's what it's happening on on device. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes of training on the iPhone. Yeah. I don't know, folks. I want to hear feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com one way or the other, whether you, you, you like this, hate it, or, or otherwise. Uh, would, would you want to do this, whether you're going to do it or not? Uh, and if you do it, how it goes for you, I would like to hear that as well. Uh, it might again, drive you crazy. You might actually <laughs> yeah, go insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our email yeah, address. You're going to be chastised by your own voice. I mean, for the weather. I mean, it's, it's, it's what a is lot Karen of weird things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Carrot says, if the word feedback hurts your feelings, boy, do I have some feed forward for you. That's what it says about my weather right now. It has nothing to do with the weather. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of feedback, that's our email address, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. All right, Chris, let's talk crowdfunding. Um, Absolutely. You have crowdfunded many projects. How, how long have you been yes. crowdfunding projects now? Oh, probably... Um close to eight years or so ish, maybe closer to 10. I lose track because it was, you know, multiple companies and different things that we did. I've done everything from like books to a podcast festival to a, uh, a documentary feature film. So uh, it's been it's been a lot and it's definitely seen a lot of change over the years for sure. How how has that changed for you? Because you were mentioning to me that you think you feel like there has been yes. a sea change in what people assume from the operator side of crowdfunding. Definitely. Like a lot of times, like the crowdfunding was like just to get something made or like a proof of concept where I, I can't really afford to make this. But then when I do it, then I want to go through the old gatekeeper system of like trying to get it picked up as a book or, you know, a movie or something like that. Whatever you would actually made comics, whatever, which I've been doing a lot of now is uh, graphic novels. But the what's been happening is a lot more tools are being added where you don't really have to do that anymore where it's an it's a means to it's not a means to an end anymore it is actually an end product where people can just back and buy indie products right from the uh the crowdfunding and there's more tools available now to create um ease for like people running campaigns to get rewards to backers and all of these things so it becomes more of like a decision like well do i want to deal with the bigger companies at all or i I have enough tools now because everything has evolved to kind of avoid it completely and the other component to that is the consumers like you know crowdfund no one knew what that was you know a, a decade ago but now consumers are getting more savvy like well i want an indie comic book i'm going to look on kickstarter first or i'm indiegogo or if i want to look at for an independent film or something new or different that's not in one of the um in the big companies and a lot of times the companies do pick up the indie books anyway but it's not like oh if i don't get this picked up we're we're done it's not that way anymore there's an audience there just for indie products and they're going to go to crowdfunding sites to uh, fulfill them so what are some of those tools that you're talking about that that have made that easier where where instead of instead of saying I'll make this movie with the Kickstarter funds and then hope I get a distribution deal that you can just say like hey I'm making this comic book this movie and and that's that's it I'm I'm selling it to my crowd. Yeah, pretty much and one of the things is uh is kind of like these these little helper companies that have uh cropped up like backer kit where you know it helps you give away rewards or there's like shipping companies like that help you kind of get the rewards out and you know help you with the postage but most importantly now with there's a lot more digital distribution that like where you could have a comic book and you could get it on kindle you could get it on drive through comics you could get it in all these places or global comics where it's really tailored more for indie where the big companies have their stuff on there too but people go there to browse and see what's different and new that's not on the uh, uh on the big companies kind of libraries is there some cross-pollination yes and there should be like sometimes big 
companies do Kickstarters and the other way around. Or sometimes I think Neil Gaiman did a Kickstarter for Good Omens, the graphic novel, and it like almost like broke the internet. I mean, it did, it, it did so well. So you've got indie creators, you've got um, uh, creators that have been working with studios or, or publishers for years, and it's all um, it, it's all mixed together, which is great because it helps you know all of the indie creators too. Like if somebody's looking at a Neil Gaiman project on Kickstarter, there's upsells and there's ways for them to actually then see the other indie projects of uh, other creators as well. But the tools themselves have evolved to the point where I'd like to see it get a little more streamlined, but it's it's definitely getting there. Like you could have Kickstarter with add-ons. Like so, say you missed a book on the last campaign, you can add that on to your reward now, which uh-huh. we couldn't do before. So there's a lot of catching up, like especially with comic book series, if you want an older issue, you could add that right into your pledge and then you'll get everything sent to you at once. So things like that have made it a lot easier. Uh, Chris, what would you say is the... Uh you know, the, the best cadence for doing Kickstarters for like the same audience. Cause that's something that I tend to see happen sometimes is uh, especially if somebody's using Kickstarter as their primary uh, financial engine that they tend to launch a lot of campaigns and there seems to be diminishing returns. It's a mixed bag, really. Like it depends. Like if somebody, if you create, like, let's say you create like three titles and one of them went gangbusters, there's no guarantee that the next two will Maybe if it's a sequel to that one, but if it's a different one, because, you know, people aren't just going to kind of back to back. They still have to like it. Even if they already like you, they may not back everything that you do. So it's still there's a lot of other factors as well. Like, what does the audience want? Is there certain things that work better on Kickstarter, work better on Indiegogo or Zoop? Like they all have kind of like their own little strengths and weaknesses. But I think the main thing is that um, the consumer's gotten a little more savvy and can kind of search through things a little bit easier, more to, to get to what they want. Yeah, it feels like the, the early buzz of Kickstarter was, oh, here's where I can find the prototypes, right? Yes. Uh, and what you're describing mm-hmm. is more of Kickstarter as uh, the indie bookstore, uh, you know, yes. or, or the indie record mm-hmm. store. How yeah, long right, do you think, comics, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How, how long do you think mm-hmm. that stays that way? Well, I'm starting to see like um, that it's kind of like getting more and more prevalent, especially when all of these other digital distribution areas come online. Like, uh, like I said, like I think there's Global Comics and uh, Drive Through Comics, and I mean, the Comicsology was great until Amazon bought it and kind of rolled it into Kindle. Now it's even hard to find on the yeah. Amazon website for Comicsology. Uh, so that's another part of the purge that Amazon was going through. Uh, uh, but what what I'm seeing now is also like subscription models. Like you could go onto like a site that has all digital comics, just pay a fee for the month, read as much as you want. So you can literally just kind of browse and read, you know, everywhere, even if you're not even sure what, what you want. So I think the tools and accessibility have gotten better all the way around. And I see that actually continuing as things get a little more um, incorporated and streamlined, I think, and the audience gets a little more savvy on where to find things. I think everything will get smoother because there's still a fair amount of hiccups uh, and uh, people will be able to find what they want quicker. Yeah. So, so the bloom is not off the, the Kickstarter Indiegogo rose quite yet. It's just really, no, not yet. Yeah. I I think it's, I think it's, it's more of an evolution, like, you know, what it can do and what it can be used for. And also there's more competition now. It used to be Kickstarter. Right. That's it. Now it's, now it's, it's not, there's Indiegogo, there's GameFound and there's all these other crowdfunding sites for different things like comics and board games. And so I think that also helps because it brings awareness like, oh, I wasn't aware of like, uh, 
you know, Zoop until I checked out Kickstarter because the the person I, that I like their work, they have another one over here. So it's um, it, I think it's the old rising tide, you know, raises all ships. So I think it's all good for sure. Good. Good for the boats. Good for all of us. Yes. Yeah. Good for the boats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Justin, you've got a story about space. Of course, Germany's The Exploration Company will not wait for European rockets, but is contracted with the Indian Space Research Organization, ISRO, to use its rockets to launch a reusable space capsule, Nix. The Exploration Company hopes to compete with SpaceX in the market for deli- delivering cargo and people to the International Space Station and NASA's planned Lunar Orbit Space Station. Yeah. I, what I love about this story is there are so many aspects that show how complex the space market is becoming because you've got a, an open market competitor for SpaceX in the exploration company and Nix, which is good. We want to have options to choose from. That's good for SpaceX as, as well as everybody else, but also competition from government run organizations. It's Indian Space Research Organization is interesting in that it has its own private for profit subsidiary that it runs. And that's who the exploration company is working with. Uh, it's the, um, what, what is it called? The New Space India Limited Launch Services. So just so many different parts of space becoming uh, normal, just 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 be looking like a normal business landscape. Mm-hmm. Now, what about this um, moon casino we've been hearing about for years? Who, who's building that? Well, we got to land on the moon again first. Yeah. <laughs> then we right, have so to a couple to, years off still. Then we have to okay, be able to get right. the slot machines up there, which yeah. is the whole... They're hoping they to are, find slot machine resources at the polar ice caps on the moon. Uh, they, uh, they have settled on the tagline, hitting your eye like a big pizza pie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, let's check out the mailbag. On Good Day Internet last week, we were talking about how quick and efficient Amazon is uh, for delivery. Uh, Jim would like to point out that it isn't that way for everyone. Uh, Jim writes, getting something within two days, if not sooner, I'm sure is normal for some people, but I don't see it here in Midcoast, Maine. We are about halfway between Portland and Bar Harbor, and when I order from them, it's a week, if I'm lucky. I might order something on Monday and get it Friday. Walmart's W Plus is faster for me, but not by much. Uh, and I would say that our uh, our producer Amos, who lives in Alaska, probably seconds the, these emotions that that mm-hmm. not everywhere gets everything faster. Sarah Lane was was talking to a friend of hers in Maine who said Jim must be on an island because. It's not that, you know, between Portland and Bar Harbor is is hard for Amazon to get to unless you're off the coast. Then once once you have to start putting stuff on boats to get it to the islands uh, out there, it becomes more complicated. Yeah, more jet skis. Yeah, so the further north, the harder it gets until you, like, hit the North Pole, pretty much. Yeah, North Pole delivery times, ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) They're the worst. Uh, Well, thanks to you both uh, for being with us. Justin Robert Young, what do you got going on these days that involves me? Well, Tom, you know, we got a little, I've been plugging this podcast for a few appearances now, but you were off gallivanting in Korea, (laughs) but uh, we are here to let everybody know that No Little More has entered into its new season, and I gotta tell you, it is can't miss. It's all about the mother of all demos and the technology that set into motion our past and present 
and possibly future of computing. Go ahead and get it right now. Know a little more on the podcast player of your choice. Yeah, and if you want it commercial free, you can get it directly. Uh, Patreon.com slash know a little more. This is the most fun I've had on a season of Know a Little More yet. They just keep getting more fun every time. And the mother of all demos is fascinating. I knew a little bit about it going into this season, and I've mm-hmm. just been amazed at how deep it goes and how many connections it shows. And this episode that just came out last week about hypertext wasn't even supposed to be part of this season, but it just yeah. it just materialized like, oh, it's it it is also related. So uh I, I hope you all are enjoying this season as much as we are making it for you. Chris Mancini, what do you got going on? Uh, speaking of crowdfunding, I have a new Kickstarter that launched literally today, so long ago and uh, far away too. It's the uh, sequel to Long Ago and Far Away that I know um, you got a, a while back, uh, Tom. And uh, it's kind of like a, a basically a Game of Thrones meets Clerks and Narnia, where instead of British school children going through the, the uh, wardrobe, it's snarky asshole 30 year olds so they kind of start making things worse while they're there and the sequel is uh what happens when somebody you know had an adventure with the witch queen and now has a son and that son is now because the time is different is 20 years older than him and he shows up in a comic-con to try to kill him in a hotel room because he's mad at being abandoned and uh (laughs) So it's got, you know, it's really fun. I always love doing comedy and fantasy kind of together. So it's swords, sorcery, dragons, zombies, necromancers, and uh, poor parenting all together in the uh, graphic (laughs) novel. All the classics. (laughs) Yes. So you can just go to kickstarter.com and look up Long Ago and Far Away 2, or you can just go to my website, whitecatentertainment.com, and click through there. To uh, We've got um, 30-some days left, but don't wait. It starts today, and yeah. there are some early bird rewards. So the sooner, because everything runs on the algorithm, the sooner you back, the better, and then it you know pushes everything forward. Yeah, get, help Chris out, uh, especially if you've done Long Ago and Far Away before, but even if it's new to you, come on. How can you resist yeah, that? Yeah, give it, it a roll. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and there's catch-up tiers, too. You could get the old book with the new one, too, if right. you want. Oh, you were just talking about that, that feature. That's that's yeah. great. So you could, mm-hmm. you could get in on the whole thing right now. Fantastic. Yes. Long ago and far away, too. Patrons, stick around for the extended show, Good Day Internet. Uh, as Justin alluded to uh, moments ago, I have been in South Korea for a couple of weeks. So we're going to talk about my trip there and some of the technology I observed, my experiences uh, with using tech while traveling. So stick around for that. You can also catch the show live Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 200 UTC. Find out more about that at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Charlotte Henry talking about the UK's new free streaming TV service, called Freely. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. What does it take to move the needle on the world's toughest problems? 
On Better Heroes, we've sourced the globe for passionate individuals and visionary companies who are all on a mission to solve humanity's most urgent challenges. Like, can AI make the world a better place? How can we change our consumption habits to better serve the environment? And what can we do to make our financial systems work for all? This series will convince you that humanity can save itself and our planet. Better Heroes is by EY and produced by Human Group Media. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.